Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And before we dive into who our guest is for today, Joe's going to remind us of our show's purpose. Our show's purpose is exactly what the title is. you know, implies is we're supposed to help people that are searching for service. And so we, we really appeal to both Rotarians and non-Rotarians by having amazing guests on that ex, ex, really explore different types of service opportunities, experiences, and things that they've done. And hopefully it, it empowers our Rotarians and non-Rotarians to get into service. Good job. Thank you. Nice work. So we have yet again another amazing guest by the name of Tammy Hedrick, and she is the Executive Director of External Engagement for Matter. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. So happy to be here. Tammy, before we get into you, do you mind actually just explaining to our listeners what Matter is really quick? Yeah. Because I think that always helps, too. Yes. So they don't have to wait till segment <laughs> sure. two. Like, yeah. what, what is this place? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what exactly like, do you do here? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So our mission at Matter is basically to help people launch projects to improve communities. And that can look many different ways. But in its simplest form is we believe that people's ideas and actions can change the world. And so we try to partner with people, companies, organizations to improve communities all over the world. Oh, sounds very much in line with, um, you know, the values, core values of uh, Rotary. So that's why, that's, that's why really Rotary cool. supports it so much. Yeah. Yes, and that's why Matter is, has many members that are Rotarians and love yeah. to be a part of the organization. And I'm really grateful to be here today. Very, very cool. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Um, for this first segment, we really like to get to know you as our guest, though. So let's start off with this question. Where are you from? Well, I am a Navy brat. My dad was in the military and um, very proud of his service. Uh, but that led to me traveling in and out of uh, the country in different locations and going to 14 different schools. So it's yeah, hard for me that's... to say exactly where I'm from. <laughs> but I was born in Virginia Beach. Okay. And I uh, have been in Minnesota for many, many years. I like okay. to tease that I promised my parents as soon as I graduated high school I was going to head back to the beach yeah. and yet here I am I fell in as love far with this away great from the state beach yeah you possible. really are I mean we've got land of 10,000 lakes right there yeah. is some beach but it's not it's not like being on the coast no right it's but I love it every person from both the coast just rolled their eyes collectively Probably. going oh yeah. we've got lakes yeah I know I know so what, what was your favorite location <clears throat> that you went to school you know, I would say one of the hardest transitions for me was my junior year of high school in the fall. Uh, after school had already started, I transitioned to we – tr- we moved to Minnesota. My dad had gotten out of the military at that point. And my mom and dad were both from Minnesota, and so they wanted to come back home near relatives. Okay. And right. I went to yeah. Bloomington Kennedy High School. Okay. And – Transitioning any year was difficult in its own way and unique. Sometimes I was the fun new girl. Sometimes I was the new girl that was excluded. Sometimes I was knew I would only be there for a, a moment and just kind of nose down, yeah. became academic. And other times I had a, a group that I was able to participate in. So that that year was hard, but it opened up my exposure to dance team because on the East Coast oh, we didn't have that. And Interesting. fell in love with I was like, who do they think they are? The Rockettes? What are they kicking so much for? <laughs> uh, fell in love with it. And that really expanded uh, a lot of my life opportunities because of that that transition. 
Very, Very cool. cool. Yeah, and that actually answered the question I was going to ask, which was when did you transition here to Minnesota and how long have you been here? So thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> we were on the same wavelength. It's we cool. Sure, we sure were. <laughs> um, now, how did you um, get involved in Matter and how long have you been with Matter? Yes. It's, it's an interesting <clears throat> story because I – uh, transitioned throughout my career in different roles that I had, and uh, the transition before coming to Matter full time was that I worked for the Minnesota Vikings. I was okay. there for over two decades, and during that time, I took on the role of creating and developing our women's initiatives. Okay. And we wanted to find a community partner that we could work with. Our chief operating officer at the time, Kevin Warren, uh, had a relationship with our president at Matter, Quentin. And introduced me, and we just had this wonderful synergy of being able to look at the community, look at needs, and how we could use Matter as our community partner with the mm -hmm. Minnesota Vikings, and started doing projects together. So really, I was a partner with Matter through that corporate experience. Oh, okay. And after a few years of doing that, uh, I was asked to be on their board of directors at Matter. So I served for three years on the board of directors. So I had an, an interesting transition going from being a partner and a volunteer, mm -hmm. then being on the governance side with the board of directors. And now um, not quite three years uh, that I've been at Matter full time. And I came in when they were in the transition of taking their healthy food program, Matter Box, okay. uh, through a national expansion. It had been for uh, six or seven years, really a f Twin Cities focused project, and they wanted to move it across the country. Yeah. And so that was what I was tasked with when I first came to the organization. Nice. Well, and we'll get into the Matterbox a little bit more yeah. uh, later because it is really cool program. And you know, we've we've done uh, rotary projects there, mm -hmm. going and packing boxes. It's, it's a lot of fun, and it's a pretty cool program designed to really help a lot of people. Yeah, indeed. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> Kelly's looking at me like... He wants to go like, five different directions. Uh, He's deciding. <laughs> um, you know, kind of pivoting back to, to your career. So, like, what did you learn with the Vikings that that really kind of catapulted you into the next phase in nonprofit organization? Yeah. <clears throat> so, when you're part of the Minnesota Vikings, you're a part of the, the broader NFL. Mm -hmm. And you see the potential that you have when you have a platform and you have a reach to the state and to a, a brand mm -hmm. affiliation. And you really start to understand, like, we need to do important things and we have a responsibility to serve in the community and to make an impact. So yeah. through my career life, that was very evident. I also have for many, many years just been passionate about nonprofit in general. I was blessed to be Mrs. Minnesota, America and International. And during that time, we were tasked with being a champion for a campaign. And okay. so I dove very deeply in with um, 10 years with the American Heart Association. Um, I currently serve on the board of directors at the Susan G. Komen uh, Minnesota locations and uh, was always volunteering. Even though we were partnering with Matter, I was also volunteering um, for the work that they're doing. So I personally have seen the importance of giving back to your community, using your God-given talents to serve, and trying to make an impact wherever you possibly can because there's always a need. Hmm. Uh, let's go back to the lead here. And you were Mrs. 
Minnesota? Miss Minnesota or Mrs. Minnesota? I was Mrs. Minnesota. Okay. I waited till okay. I was married. <laughs> nice. And so I, I was in 2003, Mrs. Minnesota America. Was okay. blessed to go to Hawaii for two weeks and Trust. be in the Mrs. America <laughs> oh. uh, televised broadcast. <laughs> and in fact, I just, it was 20 years ago this week. They're having the, the oh Mrs. My America gosh. pageant this week. Yeah. And uh, then in 2009, I... Waited till I was married to start doing pageants, so I decided that was fun. Let's do it again, and I ran for Mrs. Minnesota International, oh, and wow. was blessed to go to the international competition and place in the top ten there again. So look at you! It was quite an experience, and interestingly, <clears throat> interestingly enough, it gave me this opportunity to expand my network across the country. Sure, because yeah. I met so many amazing, like-minded women that were wanting to serve. Hmm. And that's, I think, that's part of like the that component of pageantry, if you yes. will, that people don't see, right? right? You know, they see the beautification of everything mm-hmm. versus the fact that there is all of the stuff that really is going on in the background. Um, my grandma used to take me to pageants. So I like, saw the other side of it, yes. too. Like many um, things, there's <clears throat> negative stereotypes with anything that you can associate. Totally. But mm-hmm. for me, truly, the process of being in the pageant was what I missed the most, you know, giving mm-hmm. up the title or the crown was not a big deal to me. It was having the opportunity. When I was yeah. Mrs. Minnesota America, I did over 100 events for the American Heart Association in one year. That was yeah. my goal because that was the most that anybody had done. So I was like, I'm going to do 101. And oh. so I uh, – not that I'm competitive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I used that opportunity and that title to – make the biggest impact I could. And for me, that was the quantity of ways to go out and speak and share a message. And that was the process and part of the the, the pageantry that I missed the most okay. was. Uh, but I've been able to fulfill that in other ways. It planted a seed in me. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of to pivot back to the service, do you remember a service project that you've done that's really stuck out to you that you've been part of? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Matter because I, I've had the blessing to see a lot of those service projects grow and we started at a uh, training camp with the Minnesota Vikings and did a food packing event. Mm-hmm. And during that time, we actually did uh, canned meals so we could have a, a full meal for a family of, you know, four to eight people. And hauling those boxes and being out in the training camp, hot sweat, you know, everybody. Yeah. But seeing the fans out there to celebrate the Vikings but willing to stop and pause because they saw that this was going to make an impact. And it blew our mind with how much we were able to accomplish in a short amount of time yeah. um, with that many people coming through and, and being willing to just donate their time for a minute. Yeah. That's, that's it, really cool. It is incredible when you rally the troops, mm-hmm. so to speak, and how quickly you can get through um, components of that. Teamwork giving. makes the dream yeah. work. Teamwork, makes, it does. <laughs> light hands or many hands makes light work. Is yes. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Nailed it. Let's, let's cliche it up here. Let's yeah. keep going. <laughs> um, so we have about a minute left. Let's um, share with our listeners, uh, where are you living now? Uh, family, I want to share just a little bit about that too. Yeah. So I'm in Lakeville, Minnesota. Okay. We've been there about six years. I have a blended family, and we have seven children. Holy okay. smokes. That's, yeah. And I'm having a lot of transition this week because I had my la- my youngest one just became 13, so I have no young ones. I have only teens and 20s now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We not had- cute anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little sassy. <laughs> and then I had my, my oldest is a senior in college in Duluth, and then we had two that graduated high school this year. 
Um, wow. And so one just left for Columbia in Chicago. Oh, my and gosh. So we, she, we packed her up this past week, or she packed up. She was on Peace a mission. Out. Yeah. She was on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, see you later. And uh, just came from the Lakeville North football game last night where we had a victory. And so I have a junior playing on the football team there. Oh and uh, two other ones that are active in high school and it's just it's busy but it's so fun yeah That's and awesome. then, uh, you're super busy my fearless partner is my husband who is a sergeant in the police department holy oh my smokes. goodness well thank well, you for sharing that yeah, so we're excited to hear more we'll uh in our next segment we'll talk about matter yes a let's bit go as a reminder you are listening to searching for service i'm kelly kirk and i'm joe kirk and i'm tammy hedrick <laughs> <laughs> For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people, as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Will it be 
Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And yep, yep, and definitely like, comment, and if you're looking for the show, search Searching for Service. <laughs> and, and it's something else to, to kind of hit on really quick is the show is looking for sponsorship. So if you have a business or um, you just have some deep pockets and you want to support a great <laughs> show that's supporting service in the community and growing Rotary, contact us. We'd love to have you. We'll give you all the information. If you are tuning in for the first time, um, we have Tammy Hedrick on, who is the Executive Director of External Engagement for Matter. And for this segment, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about what Matter is. So we gave kind of a preview of that in that first segment, but really an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. But let's um, remind our listeners, what is Matter? Yes. So Matter is a global NGO, and our mission is to help people launch projects to improve communities. And we do that in several different ways. And that's looked different over the years. But right now, we're really focusing in four main areas. That's going to be technology education. Okay. That's going to be in agriculture, hospitals and clinics, and healthy food. Okay. Um, I would like to know, when did Matter start? Like, what was the evolution of Matter, the genesis Yes. So it actually started out as Hope for the City. Mm-hmm. and uh, I knew that. Yes. I was like, I remember Hope for the City, and I was like... I know that there's a connection here. Yes, yeah. About 20 years ago, Megan and Dennis Doyle, yeah. um, very successful community leaders and business um, entrepreneurs in the community, uh, really saw that there was this excess. And they were commercial real estate owners yep. and had a lot of friends that were like, hey, we have some extra here. Can we? Did you? Yeah. Small world. Yes. I was like, commercial anything, Joe's going to probably go away. Yes. <laughs> His antenna went up. Yeah. And so they were helping their friends in the community that had access and storing some things. And then they finally looked at each other and said, why are we storing this? Let's repurpose this. And so I think that's where their passion came out of. They'd done a lot of international travel, too. So they'd seen both here and overseas that there's a need and mm-hmm. wanted to do good. And so 10 years ago is when Matter was officially formalized. Okay. And um, and like I said, it's been evolving ever since. And really, it just still continues to come back to the core values that we have. We believe people's ideas and actions can change the world. And mm-hmm. we want to engage people in, in that way. Are there certain areas of the world that you're focusing on? Yeah. So... We're doing work in several countries right now, oh, wow. but we have what we feel is a kind of an incubator incubator in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. We have employees on the ground there uh, that are really rooted in the community, so they understand the societal governmental um, needs of that area and challenges that come with working in a foreign country. But we've been able to not just go in, create a program and exit, but create a program watch it, observe it, assist mm. it, continue to grow it, refine it. And, and we're just using that community as an opportunity to show when you really have deep-rooted uh, – yeah, you're just deeply rooted in the community. You can more broadly make an impact mm-hmm. versus just come mm-hmm. in kind of a one-hit wonder. Okay. And so, we, we you know, in the future, we'll, we'll plan to continue to do that and um, maybe – reinstitute that same type of philosophy in a new community. But right now, that's our focus. Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about what specifically you're doing in that community? 
uh, what's the name of the community? I can't, I can't remember the the specific. It's it's a and it's located. If I'm not, I might be misremembering this. It's located in a, a non, um, like it's it's not owned, so you can't build any permanent structures. So it's it's like a little bit like a refugee camp where it, nothing can be permanent. So we have been we have been making headway there. So um, you know, in different communities in Zimbabwe. Um, one focus is in Victoria Falls, mm-hmm. and that is one of the seven wonders of the world. So it's wonderful because we are able to use our impact trips to bring people there because they want to go there anyways. Mm-hmm. But then we're able to take them outside of that Victoria Falls area to the surrounding communities and villages and show some of the other work that we're doing and the projects that are happening. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple of examples. So. Uh, in conjunction with our agriculture program, we've planted over 75,000 chaya trees that was exported from Latin America over to Africa, a plant that was brought in because of its um, ease in growing in difficult and challenging uh, areas with climate, but can grow very quickly and spread very fast. And it has a nutritional component that can then supplement and add to the diet of the existing food elements that are there. Hmm. And so with planting those 75,000 trees, now we've been able to bring in women and create these co-ops where they can come in, take cuttings, learn how to cook with it, take it back to their villages, plant it, spread it, and continue. Now we're we're, uh, in the fall going to be opening the grand opening for a drying center where these women can then come and sell back their chaya um, leaves, we can have those dried, and we're working on an exporting system so that they can wow. create this enterprise of uh, financial stability. So it's supporting nutrition, it's creating revenue for them, it's creating an opportunity and expansion uh, to the community. And it's sustainable for yes. yeah. the long haul. Right. Well, and what I caught beforehand was that you guys, not it's not like you just come into the community and go, here you go, this is what you're going to do. You're continuing continuing to monitor that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The success Update. and opportunities. Yeah. You know, yeah. something's going well or something's not going well. How can we change, fix that, and continue to have that grow yeah. and grow and grow? And that's and where that, that incubator mm-hmm. came, yep. comes from. It's like it's a baby to start. And yeah. sometimes it goes different directions, but we take it and we grow it to its full potential. Yeah. And uh, that's also happening with our innovation hubs. We've partnered with um, companies like Jamf and, uh, you know, that fruit. Software company. That fruit company that you know in technology. Yeah. Uh, and so they are helping to position us where we're, we're we ha- I think we have about a dozen of these innovation hubs around the world. And we have this opportunity for kids to come in that want to have job creation and learn. It's all self-intuitive learning. It's fascinating to watch. Hmm. But they can learn to become, yeah, I'm going to probably use the wrong technical level, but level three computer coders through this. Oh, okay. It's all self-taught. <clears throat> and they have a facilitator that's there to just manage the equipment, but they are able to get to a certain level. Now, what we found with that was they love their home. They don't want to leave. So now they're equipped for this job, but we don't want to have to send them and remove them from their families and homes. Sure. So we're opening a career readiness institute. And in the meantime, we have uh, another location called Shamwari that's like a collaboration center that we built, which has turned okay. into this beautiful place where communities, uh, community leaders and business owners and students all come together and they just use this space to be around each other. Um, and they're doing internships now through Jamf so that they okay. can use that education that we were able to provide to them to 
prove themselves at a certain model, and we are then going to use the Career Readiness Institute to be a place where they can be housed to continue their career, and okay. they won't have to be relocated. So it started out with just bringing them education and hopefully job creation, and now it's turned into, but that need is that they want to not have to be relocated. Okay. And so how do we solve that? Mm-hmm. And how do we continue to bring this in? And so it's exciting to see the organizations coming around that. It's just like you solve one problem and you, then you got to tackle another one and then yes. another one and then a different one. And then it's like, oh, man. like This, this is life, going, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yep. is life. Yeah. I have teenagers. This is life. <laughs> 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 one problem solved, on to the next. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so those are just two examples. But we have so many projects and programs like that in Zimbabwe that we're diving deep. Um, And if I I can even share one more, I am excited. I'm going actually over there for my first time. I was going to ask you if you had been over there or had been able to experience that. Yeah. So I was in Senegal last August. We have a professional athlete that we've worked with in an an amazing way. He, we really are kind of his purpose agency for what he has a vision for. Mm. And he wants to build a hospital in his hometown. He's been 10 years in the NBA and Uh, been blessed and really wants to serve his home community. So I was over there for the groundbreaking of this hospital. He finally was able to get the land, work with the government, create the the designs, the facility, get the approvals, long Mm -hmm. process, challenging process. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was able to do the groundbreaking and is now in phase one of that development of that hospital. And uh, and so, yeah, that was a wonderful experience. So now this year in uh, the end of October, I'm going to be headed over to Zimbabwe so I can lay hands on all these projects that I see the videos and pictures and hear mm-hmm. my staff um, that I work side by side with that have been there really working yeah. on it. So I can't wait. You're you're going to actually be in the like, quote unquote, trench, trenches and yes. be able to experience what you are continuously talking about and advocating for. Right. So see some of the results really cool. of the service that people are doing. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for that. And I was going to nice. share um, a side project that just came out recently was we had um, some donors that wanted to go over and, and see the projects that were happening and see if there was any interest in in what is already taking place. And there was a boxing gym that was kind of the local gym in Victoria Falls. So she wanted to go there and be able to get her workouts in while she was on her trip. But she realized that there were kids coming out from this boxing mat every night and staying in this little side Check and again, I haven't been there yet, so I'm just sharing the story as I, I'm recalling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just was inspired after that. Like, here's this great workout <coughs> facility in the area that's dual serving purposes. And in order to be an orphanage, there are so many regulations and requirements and, and certifications that need to happen. And so she took that on as her project. And so we call it like a You Matter project where people get an idea and they want to change the world, and they're like, I don't know how to do that. And we become yeah. their partner. And Mm. so that gym has been rehabilitated. There has been a whole housing area added on. So up to 20 kids now can be there. The um, owner, Tobias, and his family have taken on the, (coughs) you know, the calling that's been placed on them now to serve these kids. So they teach them boxing and get them healthy and working out. And then they live life with them and are... Um, giving them a safe, comfortable place to stay because otherwise they would have nowhere to stay and they're just sleeping under a um, a boxing mat after the evening hour shuts it down. So I can't wait that's, to see it. That's incredible. And I love that you're sharing stories and we're going to keep keep doing that into the next segment. Awesome. So thank you so much. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. Stay tuned for the next segment. 
Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, comment, share it. Gold stars. And we do like five-star reviews. Lots of those, please. <laughs> Who doesn't All you have to do star? is just look up Searching for Service on your platforms. Nice job, Joe. <laughs> I love it. We celebrate when we just do anything right. Yes. (laughs) It's really, really great. So if you are tuning in for the first time, we are in our third segment here um, with Tammy Hedrick. She is the executive director of external engagement with Matter. And so our last segment, we talked about um, the global touch for Matter, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening here stateside as well. Impact all around, right? Um, so let's chat about the Matterbox. Um, what is Matterbox and what does that, um, that touch yeah. look like? That's one of my favorite topics about Matter. <laughs> uh, I get very excited about our Matterbox program. So we bring beneficial food to those in need. And really, we're not solving world hunger. We're bringing immediacy to situations where there is a need. And for me, one of the things that I thought was so fascinating about Matterbox was it wasn't just bring some food together, let's, let's push it out. There was a lot of research, a lot of professionals that came together to say, okay, what would the healthy food combination be? We need a complex carbohydrate. We need a fruit Mm -hmm. or fruit and vegetable. We need something that's going to be a protein source. We have allergies to be concerned about. We have approvals for school districts. We have all of these things. What's the caloric content? And Mm -hmm. so we are trying to really bring together uh, beneficial food in a way that's as healthy as we can. And then bring it to those communities that are local and now national that are okay. in need uh, for, for for food. We okay. we began in more of the meal component. I mentioned that before, where we had canned goods and and what we found was number one that's that's so impactful, and we still are doing that. But it was one meal and one family. They needed to be able to have the cooking materials. They needed to have yeah. access. And we found that we were getting more and more requests from our recipients that are um, focused on that immediacy, sure. not preparing the meal, just having the food mm-hmm. and okay. being able to benefit somebody. So that's where the snack pack came in. And our snack pack is those items that I just mentioned to you, those three food items. And we use this as an employee engagement opportunity for support, whether it's families, companies, teams, organizations, associations. They get to get their hands on to the products in a side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder service element where they pack these meals in these snack packs, and then we distribute them immediately to okay. those that are in need. And one of my favorite elements of it is the You Matter note because mm-hmm. we find that now you've <clears throat> solved um, a hunger issue for a moment, and what's next? And so yeah. the You Matter note has been in this since the beginning. It's a staple. It's something that people really know with Matter is we want all of the volunteers that engage with the Matterbox program to take a moment to be thoughtful and write an inspiring note to the person so that they realize somebody packed this for me and we're thinking of me. They wrote a note. And I'll speak to our recipients. We just had um, an event we did with the Minnesota Twins. They came together with their employees, some of the players, coaches, some of their families, and packed a tremendous amount of snack packs. And they benefited a local organization called JP4 Foundation. And he was sharing with me that uh, the Matterbox snack packs have been delivered on an ongoing basis to JP4. 
And their model was to bring these kids together initially for baseball. But then they found, mm-hmm. similar to what we find when we really dig into a community, that was an accessible point for them. But then they found they needed more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They needed some mentoring. They needed to have uh, food provision. They needed other things. And so now that's what they have evolved into doing. Okay. And so we support them by donating the food that we are packing with our corporate organizations to them so that they can provide them to their athletes and, and participants. But he mentioned a story about one little boy who comes in, has a little like fanny pack thing, and he has all of the Umatter notes that he has received. So he can pull these out, and he can be inspired, oh, and he can look chills. back. And <laughs> just got chills. You know, it so brought funny. me to tears when he yeah. was telling me this story. And he's like, so you just need to realize as as a recipient the impact that those notes are making because the food yeah. is great and it's needed. Mm-hmm. But those notes are continuing to give an impact wow. beyond um, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> you keep looking at me like you're waiting for the tears. Like, cry. Yeah. That's that's really sweet. And I mean that just goes to show how much of an impact it actually has. But we were just talking about the impact of handwritten notes, mm-hmm. right? And this can go across many industries. But I love, love hearing that as like, hey, this is just an added touch, but realize how important this actually is for the person who's how was it determined like i assume that the note wasn't in like the first generations necessarily like who came up with the idea of adding the note yeah our brilliant brand strategist uh joe newhouse came up with that idea and has included that i think from the beginning i obviously haven't been here since since the beginning of matterbox but i think it has been there since the beginning Hmm. and and somehow there was an inspiration to make sure that that note was included in yeah. those meals to make sure that people know. And our message really is on those notes, you matter. And yeah. we want the kids to, and the, the recipients of these snack packs to know that they matter. I'm going to wager a guess because this has to be it. It has to be like they received notes from their parents when they had lunches. <laughs> yeah, and then that's, maybe. That's how it, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wager a guess that that yes. was it. Well, you if can anybody, out, if anybody out there knows. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask Joan. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. I... I am curious, um, how how do how does matter decide like who receives? Them? Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, the grow the need is just continuing to grow, mm-hmm. and as people become aware that we can be a service uh, extension to what they're you know doing in their community, we mm-hmm. just have people reaching out to us. Wow. But uh, COVID was a blessing, I'll say, in that we were traditionally servicing the Twin Cities area. People would either come into Matter to Pack in our warehouse, do this hands-on experience, have a competition, uh, really be able to see Matter at our warehouse. Mm -hmm. Then we started being able to bring those kits into a workspace. So let's say uh, Lando Lakes, for example. Mm -hmm. We would bring in pallets of these uh, food items. They would pack it at their establishment, and they might pick a local recipient like a YMCA near their corporate office. Okay. We would be able to deliver it and benefit them so that it's okay. in their community or a specific demographic that they wanted to reach. Sure. Well, with COVID, obviously, we weren't doing hands-on volunteering. We weren't mm-hmm. being able to get direct access to some of the groups that we wanted to be able to help impact. Mm-hmm. And we turned it into a hybrid model where you can come in or you can host it at your workplace. Or mm-hmm. if you are work from home, we will just ship the whole kit to your home. So I used okay. Discover. Uh, everyone knows Discover. Uh, mm-hmm. They had some employees that they were going to continue to engage with, but now from a remote 
uh, standpoint with their their offices. Okay. So we had 2,000 of these kits sent to each one of their homes. Wow. We hopped on a Zoom call, explained about who's mattered, uh, why we were celebrating this day. I think they were honoring random acts of kindness. And they packed their kits while they were on this Zoom call together from afar. But then we empowered them and we said, now turn around and look in your community. Your, you know, your um, company has given you the volunteer time off to do this. They've provided all of these kits to be sent to you. Now they want to empower you to say who's in need in your community. And you get mm. to decide who you're going to go benefit with these. Mm. And I've been doing this now for almost three years. I've never had one person call me and say, you know, there's nobody in my community that's a need. Yeah. But it but it has been interesting to hear people say, I thought I was just signing up for this thing. We were going to pack this food, and I thought we would just ship it back to you. Or, But the challenge of, oh, I have to now look around and say, who is in need? Is it an after-school yeah. program? Is it a local association? Is it a re- religious affiliation? Is it my neighbor? Is it yeah. the homeless person I might drive past every day on the corner that I just keep these in my car and I every day say you matter and give them the snack pack Mm. Um, and and that became part of this experience for them engaging with their organization that they weren't expecting and uh, becomes really exciting so now 2,000 communities were impacted by that one day instead of just one community so wow yeah it's pretty exciting to see the the way that this can spread and then we've had people say oh I did this from Kansas City because of my employer that uh, let us engage this way. But we Mm want to do it for our birthday party. Can we order another kit? And we're going to have it for our kids. And we're going to do it this way. Or our family's going to do it for Thanksgiving. Or Mm. it's, you know, National Philanthropic Day. We want to tie in into this. And so it's it's spreading in this organic, beautiful way. Well, and that was going to be my next question is it seems like a lot of this is done on the corporate level or like organizations. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, somebody wanted to, to do something like this on their own, they're able like? to do that. Yep, like, they right? would just go to matter.ngo right on the homepage. They can click okay. Matterbox, and they will be able to have a kit shipped out for a donation to their homes, and they can do this in their homes. And all the instructions and everything they need is right there. Cool. So it can be one person. It can yeah. be 10,000 people. It doesn't really matter. We want to be able to help everyone How take cool action. How cool is that? It doesn't have to solely just rest in a corporate, you know, a corporation going, hey, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. and ends up being so much more impactful than what they really get them really think they're getting themselves into. Yeah. It can be anything from do, like a corporate foundation saying, yeah. "Hey, we we, you know, typically have a regulation of doing a certain donation mm-hmm. this time of year. We need to do an activation. It's very corporate. They bring together their teams to accomplish this goal and benefit a community. But yeah. it also can be we had a couple of seniors in high school last year that had a service requirement for their graduation, mm-hmm. found us online and reached out and said, "Hey, we think this is really cool. We want to do this." So they fundraised, made the donation to matter. They took these kits, packed them through their high school, and then found um, a, a recipient to to donate those to. Yeah. And so it helped Good lead them, them to being, in, you know, inspired to take yeah. action on their own. Yeah. Good on them. That's really. <laughs> Makes you think, like, how cool would that be to, like, institute into, like, birthday parties? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you'd, you'd, you'd do a service project as part of the birthday party. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, I think of, um, what is it, the early childhood development you know, you can donate to, mm-hmm. to them that, yep. you know, that aren't, that don't have the resources. Like what a yeah. cool idea. Like, I, I think that's, that's really cool how matter can, and those matter boxes can be like a component to something else. Like they link up with other mm-hmm. types of organizations and other things. Right. And I think that's what makes that really powerful. Like, cause I mean, when, when we did the, the matter box packing, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. I am so curious about what the future is going to look like for Matter. So let's dive into that in this next segment. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And we'll be right back. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. (laughs) As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, comment, subscribe, five gold stars. Those reviews mean everything to us. And then look us up by uh, inputting... Searching for service. <laughs> it's very official. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we clearly like to have fun on this show too. So it's not all seriousness. But if you are tuning in for the first time, we have Tammy Hendrick on. I hope you aren't just tuning in for the first time. But if you are, Tammy Hendrick is the executive director of external engagement for Matter. And so we've we've talked about Tammy. We have gotten to know Matter. We have dove into the state impact, the global impact. Yes, you heard that right, global impact. But we always love to end our um, segment here talking about aspirations, what the future looks like for your nonprofit or whatever organization it is. And so, and for you, and for you as well. And so, let's actually start, Tammy. As, as the executive director of external engagements, it's very official. It's a very official <laughs> title. Um, what, what could that potentially look like for you in the future? What are you thinking of when it comes to um, growth and opportunity? Well, first thing that comes to mind is that we are in a three-year strategic plan right now. Okay. And so I was blessed to kind of come in right when they were launching that next three-year phase. And so being able to be a part of the expansion of Matterbox – now getting to really have a hands-on view of, of the projects we're doing around the world. I feel like Matter is just becoming more and more ingrained in my vision for what I want to be able to help impact in this world. Mm-hmm. But that three-year strategic plan is really um, dedicated and devoted to becoming a new model in the nonprofit space where we are self-sustaining. Okay. And we want to be able to create um, a social enterprise within our organization so that when we do have donations and donors that are inspired for action, that we can give as much of that money, if not all of that money, directly to the project because we don't have to pay rent. We don't have to pay yeah. payroll. We don't have to do that the things that we need to be able to sustain. And so um, <clears throat> the organization has been heavily working towards that through partly our Matterbox uh, program that because we have the corporate ability to to bring in donations through that. Um, and then the second part, which is really a lot, the largest part is our 360 program. And Matter 360 is where we're repurposing uh, for a purpose. Okay. And so uh, I mentioned that we're building a hospital in Senegal right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a big part of what we do around the world, we do this for, you know, I think we have one in Congo right now. We have uh, Malawi. We have all these different locations where there's hospitals and clinics that come to us to try to get medical equipment and supplies to outfit that hospital. So we take in donations around the country from hospitals and clinics that have fully functioning equipment, uh, fully functioning supplies. They might be moving locations. They might be upgrading to a different, um, you know, the latest and greatest x-ray machine right. came out. Or they're changing brands for their facility. And so instead of that going into a landfill, um, like in the early days, it might have gone into a storage unit. Uh, like Megan and Dennis Doyle had, mm-hmm. but now we take it and we find a home for it. We try to repurpose okay. it to the end of its life. Sure. And yeah. so uh, one stat I'll share with you is in 2022, nearly 3.5 million pounds were repurposed. Wow. So imagine the, the yeah. environmental impact. Yeah. And then it's also a benefit to these hospitals and clinics because they get a donation for the tax, uh, tax mm. de- deduction for right. giving us a gift in kind. Their stakeholders are then... Um, Excited about that that impact from a tax deduction standpoint, but then also from an uh, environmental standpoint. Sure. And then they're doing good with it by then having that equipment to someone who needs it sent to uh, be repurposed to its right. fullest. And the way that we're turning that into a social enterprise is by a small percentage, around 5% of that equipment is then um, resold. And that might be to 
uh, hospitals and uh, that are doing training. Let's say they have a nursing nurses training or a vet training, and and they're they're needing those supplies to train with. They're not going to necessarily use it at all for any actual human consumption or participation, but it's just mm. for training purposes. Uh, we're finding creative ways to, we have an expired medical store uh, where people can, again, purchase those that, that are needed for this other work that happens in the world, and they wouldn't be able to have access to it. A lot and, of car seats in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't fall on our medical list. Yeah. <laughs> but I hear you. It, but yeah. like the latest and greatest one comes up every single time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so really we're trying to, to continue to um, use up to 94% of anything that comes in. Sure. Uh, a small percentage obviously will end up having to be waste. And even then, we have other nonprofit partners that it, we not, might not have it on a list for need in a hospital or clinic that we're servicing or um, a resale purpose that we have a relationship with. But what we can do is then we can pass it on to that nonprofit and mm-hmm. then they can reuse it until truly it's gotten to the point where it now has to be trash. And we even have this cool thing now where we have, um, I'm going to get it, I think it's called Smash Trash, and they come out and it almost looks like a giant roller and they will roll our trash bins down to the pot, you know, uh, yeah. final possible <clears throat> moment before it's hauled away because we're trying to find every way that we can to repurpose but also just be environmentally conscious. Sure. Uh, mm. And so I'm excited about the future of that and, and what that's yeah. going to look like. And we continue to find ways to partner across the country. Um, we have an employee in Florida. We have someone in Chicago. We have a relationship wow. that we're building in Philadelphia. <clears throat> and so being able to expand the 360 program and help these organizations to repurpose their the things that will well, and it just bridges the gap too, right? Like you think of some of these areas that have no medical equipment, mm-hmm. let alone older or, you know, maybe obsolete in our our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in theirs, it's exactly what they need, and it's mm-hmm. cool to be able to see that reused and repurposed. And some of something is better than all of nothing. Yeah, I we yeah. just re- were giving a tour to somebody interested in our organization yesterday, and as we were going through the warehouse, one of the 360 crew members said, you know, oh, and here we've got some dental chairs, and here we've got all these hospital beds, and here we've got... And, and so we were talking about the dental chairs, and they're sending one over on a, a shipping container that's going to Zimbabwe this next uh, round. And they were like, they didn't have one there. And they had a a mission group that went over to do some work in the area. And in a short amount of time, I think they said they did 85 extractions. They're just sitting in a regular chair or standing or just sitting on a bench. And so just a simple dental chair to see the impact that that can have. Um, We had Methodist Hospital donated, um, I think it was two hospital beds that they were, you know, just taking out of inventory. There was a pediatric and maternity ward in one of the hospitals in Binga, which is like a super remote area in Africa. And those two beds have now birthed, I think it's 200 babies on them. Now these women aren't just sitting on the floor. And so we think of like medical equipment on this like (laughs) high, I know, right? Mama's in the room saying, what? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Having just gone through that, I'm like, no way. Think about the dads can't complain now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the floor too. (laughs) Well, it just, I mean, it really goes to show the um, privilege that we, that we have. And that definitely is a, a thing that we come to almost in every single show is we're just like, holy smokes, are we lucky? Blessed beyond blessed. Yes. Yeah, I think I think blessed is probably birth lottery. Really, 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about you. What do you have any aspirations for yourself? Where Where are you going? Is there a, um, a Mrs. Pageant in the future? <laughs> I think those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Why though? I don't think so. No, I don't I, think I'm, so. I'm hoping to be 50 and fab. I'm turning 50 <laughs> at Christmas this year. And um, you are 50 and fab for sure. Oh, thank 50 you. 50 and fab for sure. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think. Top of my mind is always uh, my family, you yeah, know. So yeah. if I had a number one aspiration, it's that I have healthy, happy children mm-hmm. and that are prospering and that are contributing to society in a meaningful way yeah. and that they are equipped to go out into the world and, and do that, mm-hmm. um, that I have a strong marriage. And yeah. as we head into retirement, we still really like each other and want to hang out. Yeah. Uh, maybe some grandbabies. Maybe some grandbabies. That would be so great. I actually <laughs> was driving yesterday. I saw someone's license plate. It said some like like grandmama or something like that. And I was like, I wonder what my kids are going to call me. And I thought, how about Grammy? Like Grammy Tammy? Like Grammy oh, Tammy! That's so good. I love it. <laughs> but that's a little ways off. So, um, yeah. 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 So, of course, I, I still have um, professional aspirations. Mm-hmm. But I feel like digging digging my roots deep in and figuring out how to make the deepest impact is uh, really important to me right now. Okay. I, I like I like to be loyal. I have, you know, a lot of the organizations I've been with, I was with for five, six, 12, 24 years. And it sounds like yeah. you stay connected with them too. Like that's yeah. the other piece is, you know, even though you're with Matter now, it sounds like you're still involved with the Vikings and like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I've seen <clears throat> front row season tickets. I bought, oh. I bought a seat license when the stadium was built. And so... We, we we like to and let our family and friends enjoy those seats, and yeah. sometimes we'll sell a few on the. There you go. The price points what right. Is that the Minnesota the Green Bay, the like Green Bay game? The Green yeah. Bay game we don't usually go to. Yeah. Oh, yeah like, bummer. Wait a second. Yeah. We could fund our entire year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back. I do to, have an entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Yeah. That's good. You got you got to sell some of that furniture to fund everything else. You got to sell some of those things <laughs> yeah. to keep those friends happy. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Tammy, it has it's been an honor to have you on True honor. here. It's been awesome. Um loved hearing more about Matter and uh, what they're doing, the impact that they're having here domestically and then, you know, globally as well and um, the aspirations and what the future holds too. So well, if you're you so searching much. for service, Matter is where you should come first. Love, Love it. it. <laughs> Um, Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. You You are listening to Searching for Service. It's time to stop searching. And start serving. See ya. See ya.